We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you. You know, last week we paused our series on hope and faith to hear a message from our senior pastor about the importance of uh, and the blessing of unity. And in light of what is happening in our, in our nation, we thought that it was fitting to do so. And next Sunday... We are going to be celebrating Father's Day, and we hope you join us next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to preach a message called Fathers Like the Father. Fathers Like the Father. As we celebrate Father's Day, we're going to be looking at what a father that is like the father looks like. And just to give you a sneak peek, we're going to talk about how having a short fuse, a big heart, a short memory and thick skin makes you like God. We hope you join us and we're going to be looking at that next week. For those of you that are in our Mission Hills campus, next week we're, we're going to be having a drive-in service and, and we hope and, and I look forward to seeing many of you next Sunday. So next Sunday as we celebrate Father's Day, what better way to start than worshiping our Heavenly Father, the one true, good, and perfect father. So I hope you start your Father's Day celebration by joining us and and worshiping the Lord together. Then the week after Father's Day, we're going to start a new series. And we've titled this series, How Are You Feeling? And we hope you don't miss it. Because in this series, we're going to talk about feelings. You know, this year has been a year to forget. This year has been a tough year, and I'm sure that if you're anything like me, and I'm sure you are, you have had all kinds of feelings. And in this series, we're going to examine our feelings and learn how to manage them in a godly way. We're going to let God's word speak to us, to teach us and show us what to do when we're overwhelmed, what to do when we're afraid, what to do when we feel depressed. And we're going to be learning about feelings and how to honor God and how to respond to them appropriately. We hope you join us. But today, today we're going to conclude our series on hope and faith. And it's been quite a long series. This is the seventh Sunday, but it's been a powerful and I believe a very helpful series. And in this series, we've learned that God wants us to live victorious lives. That God doesn't want us to leave defeated. That God doesn't want us to live hopeless. That God wants us to be victorious. That he wants us to live lives that thrive and lives that flourish. But to live this kind of life that God calls us, that Jesus died so that we could live, we need to fill our lives with hope. We need to fill ourselves with hope. And we have to change. We have to change what we see. We have to change our focus. 
We have to stop focusing on circumstances of the moment and start looking at the future, at the promises that God has declared for us. And I understand that even after seven weeks, some of you may feel hopeless. You may still feel doubtful about a good future. You may still look at, at the huge mountain of obstacles, at the huge mountain of problems in front of you and say, you know, I want to believe, but I don't think I can. I want to be able to have hope and I want to be able to have faith that the life that God has for me can be real in my life, but, but you're still having a hard time. Well, there's a wonderful passage in Ephesians and I want us to look at it because if that's you, or even if that's not you and you say, you know, pastor, I, I have hope, I have faith. Here's a powerful verse to instill vigor, to instill uh, just energy in us. It is a powerful and wonderful truth. And look at what Ephesians 3.20 says. He says, God is able. Oh, man. You know, we're a Pentecostal church. And sometimes the, the old uh, uh, Hispanic, uh, Spanish-speaking Pentecostal wants to come out of me. And this is one of those verses. And there is so much truth in that short verse, in that short uh, sentence. God is able. Is there, any, is there anything that God is not able to do? Our God, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Our God is able. God is able to bring you out of any mountain. God is able to get you through any difficulty. God is able to break any chain. God is able to meet any need. God is able to bring anything that, 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 that needs to come your way to get you where he wants you to be. God is able. Now, what is God able to do? Look, look at what Paul says. God is able to do much more. Isn't that awesome? Much more than we ask or think. So I know, I know you got some wild dreams. I know you got a wild imagination and you're thinking, man, you know, uh, that, that might be too much. I want to tell you that Paul says that no, that God is able to do much more than your wildest dreams, than your wildest imagination. God is able to do that. And that is why no matter your situation, you can be filled with hope and you can be filled and activate your faith. Now, how is it that God does this? Look at this next part. This is so awesome. He says, God is able to do much more than we ask or think through his power working in us. Through his power working in us. Our hope, your hope, my hope for a better future is not ourselves. It's not our own strength, our own ability. No, 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 no. Here's why anybody can have hope. Here's why anybody can have faith that the life that God wants for us can be ours. Here's why. Because our hope is on God and what he can do through us. Our hope is on God and what he can do through us. Our hope is the Lord. Our hope is Jesus. And that is why. No matter who you are, you can fill your life with hope and faith. And that is why we need to be able to fill our lives with hope and faith. Look at what Matthew 9, 29, we've looked at this passage and we've mentioned it a couple of times, but look at the importance of faith. He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And we've looked various times how Jesus often used these kind of phrases when people would ask him to do something, whether it was to heal them, provide something. Jesus would often allude to faith. And he says, the vehicle that makes it possible is your faith. If something is going to happen, it's going to be according and because and through your faith. 
So what I want to do today, what we want to do today by finishing and wrapping up the series is we want to talk about six ways that you can live with hope and faith. Six practical ways to help you live a life of hope and faith. You ready for this? Let's jump right in. Number one, how to live with hope and faith. If you want to live with hope and faith, the first thing you can do, the first thing we need to do is we need to begin your day with expectations. Begin your day with expectation. Your expectations impact your life much more than we often think. Our expectations have an enormous impact on us. They influence our happiness. They influence our health. They even influence our relationships. Look at what Psalms 5.3 tells us. This is David speaking. And he says, in the morning, O Lord, in the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. David says that he gets up in the morning and he prays because he knows God will hear him. And that he presents his request to God. He presents his needs to God. And he has an expectation that God is going to answer his prayers. Have you ever heard about the law of expectation? The law of expectation says that what you expect, you're going to receive. That whatever you expect to see is what you're going to see. That whatever you expect to feel is what you're going to feel. That whatever you expect the outcome is going to be, that's likely the outcome that you're going to get. And that is why if we want to live a life of faith, it's important that we begin our day with expectations. That we not only pray to God, but that we expect him to do what we ask, what we pray about. You know, there's two examples in the Bible about how expectations play such a huge role. One is a positive one. And one is a negative one. Let's look at them. Let's begin with the negative illustration first. And it's illustrated by Job. Look at what Job 3.25 says. It says, what I always feared has, has feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. And Job says, those things that I was afraid of, those things that I was expecting, that's what is happening. Now, let's look at the positive example. And this is illustrated by the Apostle Paul. In Philippians 1.20, he says the following. He says, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, come on, that, that is one of those verses that we ought to make our own, that, that, that we ought to embrace. And we ought to have these kind of expectations. Look at what Paul says. He says, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. So let me ask you a question. How do you start your day? How do you start your day? Do you start it filled with expectations or do you start it with fear and doubt? Do you start your day in faith, filled with hope that good things can happen? Or do you start your day with fears and doubts? You know, David was able to confront Goliath because he fully expected that God would give him the victory. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they enter the scorching furnace because they fully expected that God would deliver them. 
Abraham, he left his family, he left his land because he fully expected that God will fulfill the promise that he gave him. And if we start our day with faith, with expectations, with hope, our mood, our attitude are going to be invigorating. They're going to be energized. And we're going to be able to face the challenges that the day may bring with strength, with encouragement, with enthusiasm, and with a positive outlook. So start your day with the Lord. Start your day by having expectations that are rooted on hope and faith that God will do what he said. You know, many people start their day by thinking about their circumstances, by turning on the news. Don't fill yourself with news. Fill your heart with the good news, with the good news of the word, with the good news of the gospel. Fill your mind with the word of God. Focus on God through prayer. Elevate your soul through worship and empower yourself through the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. In this way, when we do this, we're gonna be able to live a life of hope and faith because we're gonna have expectations of good things to happen. Number two, to live with faith and hope. Expect the best in every situation. Expect the best in every situation. Look at what Romans 8.28 tells us. We know, and many of you guys know this verse, you know it by memory, and we know that all that, that, all that happens to us is working for our good. Now, you know this, but there might be somebody new who hasn't heard this. This verse doesn't say that everything that happens is good, but it says that everything that happens works. God uses it for our good. He says, if we love God and are fitting into his plans. In other words, if we have a relationship with God and if we are living according to his will. I want to tell you something powerful, something so simple, but can bring peace, can fill your life with hope, and can invigor your faith. You ready for this? God is always at work in your life. God is always at work in my life. In fact, I want to encourage you to say that to somebody. Would you tap them and tell them, you know, I want you to know that God is at work in my life. I want you to know that God is at work in your life. In fact, if it isn't good, it's because God isn't done. If something is not to God's standards, God has not finished working on that. John 5.17, Jesus said the following. He said, my father is always working and so am I. And I want to tell you, don't give up. You can live a life with, of hope and faith because God is always working in your life. He is always working on your behalf. And if something is not good, hang on, hang on to your faith. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep running the good race because God isn't done. This is a great principle. The second point is a great principle. Expecting the best in every situation is a great principle that we need to apply to our lives. We need to learn to rescue, to see the good in every situation. We need to learn to look for something good in everyone and in everything. Because in doing so, we're going to activate our hope. We're going to activate our faith. This reminds me of a story of a, of a little boy. The story says that a little boy was playing in the yard out by himself and he was a big baseball fan. 
So he had a bat and a ball and uh, he shouted out to himself, I am the greatest batter in the world. I am the greatest batter in the world. And he threw the ball up and he swung at the ball and he missed. He felt a little down, but he told himself again, I am the greatest batter in the world. So he threw the ball up again and he swung at the ball and he missed. One more time, he shouted, I am the greatest batter in the world. He grabbed the ball, he threw it up, and he swung, and he missed. He started to feel down when he suddenly said, Oh my God, I am the greatest pitcher in the world. I'm not the greatest batter, but I am the greatest pitcher in the world. And that is why we need to look, learn to look for good in everyone and in everything. Because even in difficult situations, there is something good we can rescue. Let me give you two examples. For example, in pain. We don't like pain and we often associate pain with God punishing us or God not being with us. But it is in pain, it is through pain that we obtain authority and compassion. You know, when I go through something difficult, I can speak with authority because I have lived it. When I face a painful situation, I can sympathize with others. I can better minister to others because I've experienced it firsthand myself. Here's another example. When we fail, most of us don't like to fail and we associate failure with God not being for us, with God not doing enough for our behalf. But let me tell you, there are things that we can learn when, in our failure that we could not learn when we succeed. There are things, for example, our character, our attitude can be shaped when we failed. I remember hearing a quote that said, character is developed more when you don't get what you want than when you do. Let me repeat that again. Character is developed more. Character makes greater progress when you don't get what you want than when you do. And even when things aren't going well, we can rescue, we can find good things. You know, we have a wonderful senior pastor, a senior pastor that's full of wisdom in the spirit of God. And I recall in one of the staff meetings that we had, he asked us in the middle of this difficulty, in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of this crisis, what are you learning? That was such a great question because it's easy to look at all that is going wrong but we can, we can fix our eyes to learn to see on what good things are happening. And you want me to tell you something? In the midst of all this chaos and mess, God is working good things. And if you want to live a life of faith and hope, you need to be able to see the good in every situation, even the difficult ones. So number three, to live with faith and hope. Number three, Place your confidence in God. Place your confidence in God. Look at what 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11 says. It's, it's pretty lengthy scripture, but it's a really good story. Look at what Paul narrates and tells us in this passage. He says, we want you to know, Christian brothers, of our troubles we had in the countries of Asia. The load was so heavy, we did not have the strength to keep going. Another version says that, that it was more than he could handle. He continues to say, at times, we did not think 
we could live. In other words, they thought they were going to die. We thought we would die, he says in verse 9. This happened. Look at this. Look at what he says. This happened so that we could not put our trust in ourselves, but in God. Let me read that again. This happened so we would not put our trust in ourselves, but in God. Who raises the dead. Yes, God kept us from what looked like sure death and he is keeping us. As we trust him, he will keep us in the future. You also help us, help us by praying for us. Many people thank God for his favor to us. This is an answer to the prayers of many people. In difficulties, you can let yourself be carried away by fear, pain, the challenge, or you can learn to trust God. In the previous point, I told you that God is working. And one of the things that God is wanting to work in us is for us to learn to trust him, for us to surrender, to yield our will and our life to him. And Paul tells us in this passage that the hardships in his life, that these difficult challenges while he was traveling through Asia taught him a great lesson, taught him to trust in God. And Paul says that things got so bad that there were more than he could handle, but never more than God could handle. And that is the, the power. That is the beauty. That is the, the key to trusting God, that with God, we can handle all things. Life will surely bring things that you and I can't handle without God. But there is nothing that life can throw at you and I that we can't handle with God on our side. And see, they found this powerful key that if they would only stop trusting in themselves, that they could trust God, that they couldn't do both, that they couldn't keep their faith in themselves and their faith in God, that if they trusted God and that when they trusted God, that he was able to come to the rescue. What a great lesson, right? Maybe you've heard already, but it has been said that lifeguards are not able to rescue somebody that is drowning as long as they keep kicking and screaming. That they cannot be helped if they don't stand still, if they don't surrender. That it isn't until they stop kicking, that it isn't until they stop um, going crazy that the lifeguard then is able to rescue them. And the same is true with God. See, many of us, we don't trust God, so we're kicking and screaming and working and trying to do all that we can. But listen, these days, this year, has taught us that we need God because there's so much wrong, there's so much difficulty going on around us. And the only one that can rescue us, the only one that can give us strength, the only one that can give us peace is God. So to live a life of faith and hope, we need to be able to trust in God. We need to be able to rest in God. You know, that's another benefit of trusting God. When you trust God, you can rest. You can find rest for your soul and your body because you know that God is able. Number four, let, let, let me hurry up. Number four, to live with faith and hope, you got to speak edifying words. 
to live a life of faith and hope, speak edifying words. Ephesians 4.29 says the following. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. You know, foul words are not just profanity or not just bad words, but also negative words. We all know that words have the power to destroy or edify. We all know that with our words, we can build others up or we can destroy them. But what we often lose sight of is that words not only edify or destroy others, but that words edify or destroy us. We constantly speak to ourselves. And I'm not talking about us being crazy, but we constantly have conversations with ourselves. And if the conversations, the words you use with yourself are not positive, are not edifying, you are going to destroy yourself. You're going to fill your mind. You're going to fill your heart with negative words that are going to destroy your life. And you know, this is a problem for many people today. Their own vocabulary is destroying them because you can make yourself sick with negative words. You can bring emotional harm to yourself with negative words. You can steal your own success with negative words. And if you want what's best in your life, if you want what God has for you, you have to speak uplifting words, not just to others, but also to yourself. Speak positive words. Speak words of faith. In faith, declare that what is not is going to be. In faith, declare a better future for you and your kids. In faith, declare the promises of God a reality in your life. In, in faith, declare a vision for a better future, a future that doesn't settle for what it sees, but that goes after all that God has for them. And you may be thinking, but isn't this foolish? I mean, yeah, how can we say something and make it true? Well, the Bible encourages us to do this. We read that the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. And Paul said, he says, when I am weak, I am strong. Now, what does it mean? Why would the Bible tell us to declare something when it is not a reality in our life? What, what does it mean to, to say I am strong when I am weak? Well, here's what you're saying. What you're saying is what's true about God so that it becomes true about you. When Paul says, when I am weak, I am strong. He says, I may be weak physically, but God is strong. Or better said, God is strong even though I am weak. So to live a life of faith and hope, speak edifying words, especially to yourself. Number five, to live with faith and hope, surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with positive people. You've heard me say this many times, church. For many of you, one of the most spiritual things you can do is to change the friends you have. 1 Corinthians 15, says the following. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you are trying to live a good life with bad friends. And it'll be impossible. It's going to be impossible for you to live a good life if you're surrounded by bad friends. In tough times, 
In times of difficulty, you got to pay extra close attention to your inner circle. You can't let negative people around you because negative people will discourage you. Negative people will depress you. Negative people will fill you with fear. And that is why you got to surround yourself with good people, with people of faith, with people of courage. That is why we encourage and we push so much life groups. If you're not in a life group, you got to get in one. There's an old saying that says, if you want to fly with the eagles, don't run with the turkeys. If you want to fly with the eagles, don't run with turkeys. And I I say this in a very loving way. Some of you, God is giving you dreams to make you fly like the eagles. But your friendships, they're turkeys. And you'll never fly like the eagles as long as you keep running with turkeys. Look at what the Bible tells us in Psalms 1.1. It says, blessed is the one who does not, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stands in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers. This Psalm says blessed. In other words, happy. Happy is the person who does not listen to sinful people. Happy is the person who does not walk with cynics or skeptics. Happy is the one who does not cultivate friendships with negative people. Why? Because those closest to you influence you. Those closest to you will make you like them because negativity is contagious. And if you hang around negative people, your your life is going to be filled with negativity. Remember, we receive what we expect. And if you want the best, you got to expect the best. And this requires surrounding yourself around good people. You know, as a pastor, I have to be available to everybody. But I also understand that as a, as a man, as a human being, as a person, I also have to be careful who I let in my inner circle. And you know, I try to surround myself. I try to make my inner circle with people that are modeling what I want to become. I, I spend time with people who are good husbands who are good Christians, who know the word of God, who honor their wife, who love their kids. Why? Because that's who I want to be. Because they encourage me to live the kind of life that honors God and that will get me to to all that God has for me. Last, number six, last but not least, to live with faith and hope, practice gratitude. Practice gratitude. You can't live a life of faith and hope if you're always complaining. You can't live a life of faith and hope if there's no gratitude in your life. Look at what Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, We've spoken about gratitude, but we want to remind you, I want to remind you that gratitude is not something that for the believer we should do once in a while from time to time when good things happen. No, for you and me, in order to live a life of hope and faith, gratitude needs to be a lifestyle. We need to start every day 
with gratitude because gratitude will change our perspective. You know, when there's gratitude in your heart, you're going to be able to see the good in every situation. When there's gratitude in your life, you're going to be able to have expectations that God is going to answer the prayers that you make. You know, because when we give thanks in advance, it prepares us to accomplish, to receive those things that we are hopeful for. Gratitude lets me be thankful because I believe that what I don't have, but I ask God and believe God for, I will receive. Without gratitude, it's hard to have faith. It's hard to have hope. And if you want to live a life of faith and hope, we need to practice gratitude. And not just when good things happen, but all the time. You know, there's a little app that I use on my phone. It's called the five-minute journal. And I, every morning at 6.30 a.m., I get an alert from, from that app. And it's really easy. It, one of the things that it encourages me to do is to name three things that I am grateful for. What a powerful way to start your morning, right? I usually start my morning by spending time with the Lord and his word. And then I do this journal. And every day I search my heart, I search my life for three things that I can be grateful for. And I usually try to think of those things that I'm grateful for in light of what God is doing in my life. So church, here you have it. For seven weeks, we've talked about the importance of hope and faith. As your pastors, we want you to obtain all that God has for you. We don't want you to live a life of mediocrity. We don't want you to live a life where you settle. We want you to obtain all the promises that God has for you. And yes, the best promises are in heaven. But even David said, I know I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There are things that God wants to do for you and me while we're alive here. And we won't reach that. We won't obtain that until we fill our lives with hope and we activate our faith. So I encourage you, be bold, be daring. You live once. Live a life that pursues all that God has for you. Welcome. I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message.